This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. You're listening to Ingridopedia, a food fight podcast, but instead of burgers and pies, we sling interesting facts, uses, recipes, and stories about a particular ingredient. My name is Ben Birchall, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Naismith. Hi, Em. Hello. We're finally getting to sausages. It's taken us like 50-something episodes, embarrassingly, but thank God we're finally here. It's, It's a big day. It is a big day. Let's do it. Ben, I like sausages, but I'm no expert. Um, Not an expert at all. So I wanted to learn for this fact, and who better to learn from than the king, the absolute king of sausages, Paulie V. Do you know Paulie V? I don't know Paulie V. Okay, well, shame. Um, Well, I'm glad that I'll get to introduce you to Paulie V and his Sausage of the Week reviews because it's my favourite corner of the internet. Basically, he records video reviews every week of different um, flavors and different types of sausages. Here's a snippet. Hello, my lovers, and how are we? It's my favorite time of the week. It's your favorite time of the week. It's sausage of the week. My favorite review of his is when he tried these vegan sausages, and he opened the packet and just spent like minutes dry retching from the smell. <laughs> <laughs> that initial smell when I opened up the packet. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. It was. Absolutely disgusting. I've never smelt something so disgusting in my life. Oh, actually, I have smelt things which have been disgusting, but for sausage, this was the most disgusting smell of a sausage I've ever smelt in my life. So, disclaimer for that. The taste of it... Uh, it tastes like... Um, corned beef and I've never been a fan of tin corned beef that's what it tastes like um I don't know if they still sell tin corned beef anymore so if you're a fan of tin corned beef you'll you'll definitely love these vegan sausages um myself I will never buy these again (laughs) that's such a good quote he's he's visibly upset he's shaken by It, it was a bad experience. <laughs> so we'll link to that video in the show notes, but it's not enough to just play Poly V videos. I want to actually, I wanted to actually talk to the man, the legend himself, and get some expert sausage what? tips. So You've here's tracked my, down yep. Pauly, Pauly V. Yep, I, I had a little five minute chat. So journalism. Is, I know, I know. Yep. Look right. at me go. Let's cut to the tape. <laughs> You get to try some pretty um, weird and interesting flavoured sausages. What's been the weirdest one you've tried? Uh, probably the vegan sausage. <laughs> uh, it was probably the most uh, disgusting thing I ever had in my life. It tasted <laughs> like tin corn beef, off tin corn beef, I should say. Back then, I think that was probably my 10th sausage that I reviewed, and I've probably reviewed about 250 sausages now. So, out of those 250 you've tried, what's been your favourite? Well, this year's one was a um, a pork apricot sausage. Mm. And so, why did you Mm. start recording Sausage of the Week videos? Like, why did you choose sausages? I used to make sausages a long time ago, and um, my uh, boss passed away young, 
and to celebrate his life i do sausage of the week what did you kind of learn about when you were uh, working in the butcher making sausages well like the, there's a lot of myths about sausages like how um most people think it's off cuts probably all butcher shops because australia is so strict with rules and stuff like that we gotta use good cuts and don't be afraid to use a little bit of fat because fat's flavor you need to actually add the fat into the sausages um and do you have any tips for cooking the perfect sausage most importantly don't buy the budget sausages spend a couple more dollars a kilo and spend money even if it's at a supermarket buy a quality sausage buy the gourmet ones because when you're cooking the sausage you will see with the natural skin uh, don't prick the skin you will see some moisture once that moisture starts to like evaporate you'll know you've got the perfect sausage but once you pierce that um skin all that like moisture is coming out of the sausage which will make it a dry sausage that's where a lot of people get it wrong but myself i prefer to cook them in an air fryer these days because um yeah it doesn't look as good the quality but you're getting like 100 percent taste you're not getting actually oils from the frying pan from when you put like let's say olive oil mm. and you're just getting pure um sausage flavor as in like what the sausage is meant to be yeah nice i've got to give the air fryer a go then and what's been your favorite moment from doing all your sausage reviews but also wider food reviews and sharing them on the internet when i started doing food reviews um it all happened by accident um because i've got dyslexia so i misread and i thought it was on private but it was on public and um it was actually eating an ice cream uh, I had virtually no money into my bank account. Long story, which I won't get into it. Uh, I um, made the video and it went viral. People enjoyed what I do. I go, so many people do the same thing. I want to be unique. And straight away, go, no one does sausages. Sausage of the week. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> At least, uh, uh, I mean, it didn't take me a long time to think about it. It was kind of like instantaneous thing. And I just like, for doing sausage of the week, it's actually helped up a lot of small butcher shops. And that's the main reason why I do sausage of the week. Butcher shops are dying in, in Australia. So hopefully with me doing sausage of the week, it gets people to go out, go to the butcher shops. And it's like, not just to buy the sausage, it will upsell other meat as well to help keep those family businesses growing and stuff like that. Finally, Polly V, bunning sausages, yes or no? Look, they may be cheap and nasty, in my opinion. People are going to hate me for that. But every now and again, a cheap and nasty sausage is a good special treat. Mm. And I elaborate on that. People are going to probably kill me for this. But I prefer the onions underneath so they don't fall out. Interesting. Well, that's the safest way, apparently. Yeah, it's just like I know like there was a lot of like uproar when people were saying, oh, I should be on top of that. I've always had my onions underneath. Then the so uh, then I'll put the sauces on the onion, then put the sausage on top of that so it's all locked in. Oh, that's a good tip. Well, I mean, if you do it that way, I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to follow what you do. You you're the sausage king. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, th this is the second time round I've been called the sausage king. It's actually quite flattering. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, 
Boy B. The Sausage King. I know. I can't believe I got to talk to him. I was I was re- very nervous if you couldn't tell. Yes. <laughs> he was what a what a sweetheart. Mm. What great motivations for what he does. Yeah. And uh I guess I'm gonna have to rethink the the onion order. Definitely. Yeah, and you should definitely check out Paulie V's videos on um, Instagram and TikTok. He's Paulie V Vlogs. Yeah, he knows you're not a follower, Ben, so you've got to get on there. Okay. (laughs) All right, very interesting uh, insights Paulie V gave into to prick or not to prick. Mm. That comes up a lot when people talk about sausages. Um, And this next fact is related, but don't worry, we do go back to World War II. Oh, okay. Phew. Not the Civil War, but uh, but World War Two, and primarily it is it is uh, exploring why we call sausages bangers. Okay. So sausages, you know, bangers and mash, bangers and mash, yeah. Snags. They've got a lot of different names. Mm. Sosos. Um, no one's ever said sosos. No, really. <laughs> Sosso. No. Never. Never. I'm sure, I've heard it somewhere. Anyway, but why are they called bangers? Let's go back into the Wayback Machine to Britain during World War II when rationing came into force. So, I don't know if you know much about World War II, Emily. Um, no, just treat it as if I don't. Okay. So, <laughs> during World War II, to make the, the, the British weak, the Germans, so Britain was at war with Germany? Mm-hmm. Yep, got yep. it. Yep. Uh, the Germans tried to cut off supplies of food and other goods to... Britain, which is an island. Um, So, German submarines attacked many of the ships that brought food to Britain. So, before the war, Britain imported 55 million tonnes of food. And a month after the war had started, this figure had dropped to 12 million. So, that's a dramatic drop off in the amount of food that that was making it into Britain. So, with food scarce, people were given ration books. Um, This is from a website called Fact Fiend. A typical person's weekly ration allowed them one egg, two ounces of tea and butter, an ounce of cheese, eight ounces of sugar, four ounces of bacon, and four ounces of margarine. Meat wasn't rationed immediately, but when it was, its availability was decided by price rather than points, meaning cheaper cuts quickly became the most popular for many housewives. Catchy phrases like, go easy with bread, try potatoes instead, were devised (laughs) and circulated by the Ministry of Food to urge housewives to be frugal. Uh, which brings us to sausages, um, which, as as Paulie V um, very aptly said, it's a it's a mixture of meat, uh, fat, fat is flavour, um, also salt and spices that are pushed into a casing. Um, and sausages often have like filler, so um, more spices, flour, breadcrumbs, or rusk, um, which is twice baked bread, like breadcrumb type bread. But during World War Two, with meat so scarce, more and more filler was added. More breadcrumbs, sometimes other meats. Whale meat was was used. I guess it was abundant. Um, That seems odd. That (laughs) seems like it would be expensive, but okay. Odd choice. Uh, More to the point, more water was added. And water heated up is steam. And steam is a gas that needs to escape, Mm. sometimes with force. So the ration era sausages were far more likely to explode while being cooked. Hence the name bangers. All right. Uh, rationing didn't end until 1954, which was nine years after the war had ended. So bangers were a thing for you know, 15 or so years during yeah. um, during a, a formative period in, in Britain's history. Um, 
And interestingly, Bangers and Mash uh, had a resurgence in the UK after the GFC. Uh, and according to a 2009 story in the Daily Mail, the Food Channel ran a su- survey of 3,000 Britons about comfort food. Bangers and Mash rated 16% uh, of, of Britons uh, went for Bangers and Mash as their preferred comfort food over fish and chips at 15%, baked beans on toast at 10%, chocolate cake at a lowly 8%. So bangers and mash was the highest. Highest. Wow. The okay. most popular comfort food. I love it. So it doesn't matter how explosive it is, British people love it. But so the idea is that you don't need to prick them now, though, because there's like less water in There's them. less water in them. There's less filler. And as Paulie V was saying, they're often made with, with better cuts of meat now yeah, okay. um, because it's, it's abundant. So, yeah, don't prick and don't, don't worry about explosion. Then big news from me, um, I'm going to be taking a step up in the realm of Bunnings sausage sizzles this year. Not just going to be an avid consumer of their snags, I'm going to be running my own Bunnings sausage sizzle. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm very excited. So it's like obviously a fundraising thing for like my child's um, place of education and I'm just like cannot wait to get the date locked in. Have you ever run one? I haven't run. I've set one up okay. for my mum yep. at uh, Torquay Bunnings, but nice. I haven't actually manned the manned the, the grill. Okay. So in my research for preparing for the sausage sizzle, I found this amazing Vice article called Inside the Complex and Secret World of Bunnings Sausage Sizzles <laughs> by Gavin Butler. So it came out at the same time that Australia was kind of going nuts because um, Bunnings were telling all the sausage sizzle people that they had to put their onions under the sausage, like Paulie V was saying, because otherwise the onions could easily fall off and cause a slipping hazard. And that was really controversial. And we've talked about that on the onion episode, but the article does have a copy of the safety card Bunnings produces, which is basically like a really basic diagram of a sausage with like arrows telling you where to put the onions. It's very good. (laughs) (laughs) So this Vice article also says that that's like only the tip of the iceberg and the Bunnings sausage sizzle itself is really tightly mandated and it goes into a few of the rules, which are all listed in the sausage sizzle starter pack. I don't know if you had a browser of Uh, Gail's sausage sizzle starter pack. No, I'm sure Gail was across it. (laughs) Um, This is a quote from the article. It says, an extensive Word document outlining everything from health and safety regulations through to suggested types of sausages, a step-by-step process of how Bunnings want the barbecue to be run. So I can't wait to get my hands on that for a little light light reading, light bedtime reading. Um, One of the rules is that you can't use spray oil um, because it might explode. Apparently that rule came into effect after... It did explode okay. after it happened to someone, so it's good to know. Um, and the author of the articles also spoken to a Bunnings employee called Jess for some intel on how Bunnings kind of check the sausages are up to scratch. And the article says, at Jess's store, staff always test the sausage sizzle for themselves and give an unofficial assessment on whether it meets the Bunnings standard. Their criteria includes crustiness of the bread, quality of the sausage, and whether the onions are frozen or fresh. Side note, who would bring frozen onions to a bunning sausage sizzle like that uh, is no i think it i think it happened no. well because you got to chop ahead of time yeah everybody chop a few onions and bring them along <laughs> like okay well, i have a mine's feeling it's gonna be very good <laughs> i have a feeling gail has brought in frozen onions okay. before not store-bought frozen but yeah. pre, pre-sliced and, okay. and frozen so Maybe not, that's not okay. store-bought okay 
Well, if the quality doesn't meet the staff standards, then a manager will have a stern word with the group behind the barbecue and get them to lift their game. If the regulations of the sausage sizzle starter pack are violated, then the group in question will be blacklisted from operating a barbecue at any Bunnings in the state. The Bunnings blacklist. (laughs) I know. I want to know who's on it. I know. And I I don't know if that happens at every store, but that is what you want in your local Bunnings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope my local store has the same commitment that Jess has. Exacting standards. (laughs) Yes. Um, The last rule which blows my mind is for Bunnings in Western Australia. It says all sausages must be served on a bun and under no circumstances is the barbecuer to serve snags on sliced bread. That seems very odd to me. And but I've never been to Western Australia. Ben, I know you have. Mm. Did you stop in at a Bunnings while I you were did, there? I don't think I went to a Bunnings. No, okay. went to a great um, toasted sandwich restaurant called Toast Face Griller. <laughs> okay, talk about it at every every <laughs> opportunity. Well, I mean, maybe when we go on the West Coast tour of <laughs> Greenpedia, we'll we'll have to stop in at a Bunnings okay. and check it out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do. Okay, speaking of going on tour. What do you look for, Emily, when you are choosing accommodation? Oh, um, like on a holiday. Yeah. Um, first, I would look at novelty, like <laughs> staying in a truck, staying in a um, you know vintage caravan, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, like a, a tent on a rooftop yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah that's something first. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like price <laughs> and then maybe... Uh, that's basically it. Novelty and price. Okay. Well, I feel like maybe I've got some accommodation that ticks the first one for you. Okay. Would you be interested in a hotel with wallpaper festooned with sausages, bratwurst-shaped oh. cushions, and IRL sausages hanging from hooks on the wall? Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> lucky for you. Uh, have I got the place for you? Welcome to Burbel Bratwurst Bed and Breakfast in the small village of Rittersbach near Nuremberg in Germany, which lays claim to being the world's first sausage hotel. Okay, amazing. Uh, proprietor uh, Klaus Burbel is a fourth-generation German butcher, and the sausage-themed hotel is adjacent to his family's butcher shop in a converted barn. Uh, this is from an article on CNN. Uh, Burbel lives next door with his wife and two daughters and says he decided to open the seven-room hotel in celebration of his favourite German dish. Um, so let me describe it to you. What does it look like? Mm. Kind of looks like the German bed and breakfast from National Lampoon's European Vacation. Um, only it's got sausage wallpaper. You sleep under a sausage sky. Mm. There are real sausages hanging from the walls in little weird plastic bags. Um, okay. And oh, the stools. Oh, okay. Cooked? Uh, they're like kind of dry, dry, yeah, dried. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a dried breakfast. But you can't eat them. Mm, no, but... but there, there aren't just decorative sausages. There are plenty of bratwurst for you to eat. Okay. Uh, in the on-site restaurant, guests can enjoy Burble's specialty sausages and take cooking courses. Amazing. Uh, he says, I call it Worcesterant because I only serve bratwurst in this restaurant in many different styles. I serve not steaks with onions. I serve bratwurst with onions. I serve not the German schnitzel. I serve bratwurst schnitzel. I serve many different styles of bratwurst with chili, with horseradish, or with chocolate or coffee inside. Mm, I love the commitment. Um, can we go back to the wallpaper? <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining it being like the Willy Wonka wallpaper, like you lick it and it tastes like sausages. Uh, it doesn't say whether or not it 
is flavoured. Okay. Um, I could look that up. But, um, you know, I was a bit sceptical, to be honest. Kind of felt a bit novelty-ish. So I checked out the website um, and it is, it's it's a real thing. Uh, you can, uh, it's available the next couple of nights. Um, but uh, a double room is 220 euro, which is about 350 Australian dollars. Yeah, damn, that's above my price range. Yeah. Um, Although I would save up for the sausage. Yeah, I mean, I'd go in like a backpacker hostel for a few nights just so I could go in the sausage hotel, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, you you will have to get in quick. It was okay. just a tiny little window that was open in the uh, the Bratwurst Raw Materials Room, um, <laughs> which is dedicated to, to the raw materials of the Franconian Bratwurst. Here you uh, find, um, beside the usual equipment, information about the meat and spices. The view of the room is in the yard towards the butcher. Mm, perfect. So get in quick. Uh, they're going they're going fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, n- no word here about whether they explode. But I think for that price, you probably want some something like that. <laughs> some theatre. <laughs> okay, so slightly off topic, but what's your standard fish and chips order? Uh, there'd be fish. Yeah. There'd be chips. Yeah, uh, okay. Maybe a dimmy. Yeah. Definitely a potato cake. Yeah. Or potato scallop for people in other states yeah, who get it whatever. wrong. Um, But yeah, some fish. Okay. So have you ever ordered a battered salve? I don't think I ever have. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have ordered it once. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. And it was a very embarrassing day when I had to place an order for like my extended family. Um, And it was like eight pieces of fish, 10 potato cakes, 10 dim sims, minimum chips, and one battered salve. I'm sorry. Someone wants one. It's not me. It's not me. And were me. they like, "What? We, we don't have. We don't really have them. We just have to have it on the menu for contractual I know, reasons." I know. Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. But I just really wanted to know what is a battered yeah, salve. I think that's like, a very good question. <laughs> I know it's obviously battered. Yeah. And deep fried. Yeah. Because of the fish and chip shop, but I don't know the details. Don't know if I want to know the details, (laughs) but here are the details. Um, So apparently the name is from Savaloy, which is the type of sausage that it is, which is, I didn't know this, but it's that very red kind of sausage, um, basically like a large footy frank. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we say battered sav here, but it is a battered sausage um, in fish and chip shops across the UK and Ireland, where apparently it's an essential staple of the fish and chip shop menu. So... This essential staple, like maybe I've been missing out, maybe. <laughs> um, so I ordered one for the second time tonight. Oh, wow. Um, and let me just say, what is more embarrassing than ordering a battered sad? Only ordering a <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't think to order like, you know, $10 worth of no, chips? No, I didn't then, want it. No, <laughs> didn't. no, you went straight in. Just... And I walked in at like 4.45 p.m. in the afternoon and he's like, that is Sav? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. How did you know from what I look did like? Did you but okay. call it? <laughs> yeah, call it. Uh, so, right. okay, Emily's got a new nickname. I don't All right, but it's Sav. Okay, it's in, it's a, in a Chico, Chico roll, roll bag. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, it yeah. looks good. It's got some oh. crunch to it. Mmm. Oh, it's so confusing because I like the 
outer because yep. it reminds me of fish and chips because it's just like the crunchy batter covered in salt. But then the inside is the the kind of hot dog and it's just yeah, not it's doing it for me. It's a, just a, it's basically just a hot dog, right? Yeah, I don't think it's a... I, this a, is a hot dog. I don't think it's the actual savoy. That's just a straight up hot dog. That's not a savoy. Um, that think, is good. I think you should take it back. <laughs> I want my $3.50 back. $3.50. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, would you order again? No. Okay. <laughs> so, the thing about the sausage is that there's just about a sausage in kind of almost every kind of cuisine. If you dig into it, you know, there's mm. chorizo, there's chipolatas, there's bratwurst, as we talked about, there's saveloy, there's British bangers. Uh, but I want to talk about a specific kind of, of sausage, which um, what we call in Australia in 1980s Chinese restaurants, Chinese sausage, oh. uh, which is, is actually only one type of Chinese sausage, a sweet, fatty Cantonese sausage called lap chong. Uh, Tiffany Doe writing in Food Republic sums it up as Traditionally steamed with rice, the coarse, rich and slightly sweet sausage is typically made in links of two with lean meat and identifiable chunks of soft fat and it doesn't gather mould like it's European cousins, like it's very shelf stable. Yeah, because you don't get it out of the fridge, do you? No. It's I, I the did, shelf. I did today. It was, I was surprised. I couldn't find it at the Asian grocer I went to and, and she's like, oh, it's in the fridge. I was like, I don't need to be doing that. And that thing's got like a six-month shelf life. On the shelf. Um, so, uh, Brandon Jew, uh, chef and owner of Mr. Jew's in San Francisco, says that the history of the recipe is evident in the sausage. I feel like it kind of tells how old that recipe is, he says. Back then, they didn't really have meat grinders or sausage stuffers, so you can get very different different experiences with it. An emulsified sausage is going to taste the same every bite, like the mm. saveloy we just ate. But because there are so many chunks of fat and meat, you get a different ratio of meat to fat every time you take a bite. So it'll taste different every single time. Mm. Yeah, it is super chunky in there. Yeah. Now, I love lap chong. To me, it tastes like uh, yum cha, sticky rice, um, the entree from Oriental Jade Chinese Restaurant in Bandura. Uh, but it also tastes to me like after school. Okay. So one oh. of my go-to after school snacks in the early 1990s, before you were born, Emily, was a <laughs> that recipe was that I like to dub after school lap chong. Okay, so here are the steps. So fancy. You take some lap chong out of the pantry. Yep. And, yeah, always the, the pantry. Yes. Not the fridge. Don't waste <laughs> fridge space. You slice it thinly and on an angle. You put it in a bowl. You drizzle it with some ketchup manis, which if you're making this in 1991, it helps to be part Indonesian. Maybe you didn't have ketchup manis <laughs> in 1991. I did. You give it a little mix and then you microwave it. It's important to microwave it to get a proper after-school 1991 vibe because it was in the days when everything was cooked in a microwave in my household. I think I've talked about it before. My mum made um, uh, a whole chicken in an oven bag shaken wow. with a sachet of French onion soup. That must have been a big microwave. It was a pretty big one, yeah. And it was <laughs> Look, it was big in our household in, from 1987 to, well, pretty much now. Um, uh, yeah, mum had the microwave cooking cookbook. So we just yeah. cooked everything in the microwave, including after school. It is a chong. pretty magical appliance when you think it's, about it. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. So two minutes is enough. Maybe two minutes is a bit too much. Uh, I might need to do a little bit of research into that. And then you eat it in front of the TV, preferably uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. 
or reruns of whatever cheap US TV show Channel 10 could afford at the time. <laughs> uh, and you, how about it? That's, that's after-school Chinese sausage. Are you going to make, make any? Yeah, I'll make you some. Okay. So I'm back from the microwave. Mm. Did I say two minutes before? It's more like 45 seconds. Don't yeah. do it for two minutes. You'll blow the, blow the whole kitchen up. Maybe that was like microwave strength in the 90s. And now, <laughs> maybe, maybe. now we've got stronger microwaves. <laughs> maybe it is. Okay, Em, you want to give uh, after-school Chinese sausage a try? Yes, I do. It looks very sticky and yum. It's really salty and sweet. It's good. It's everything I've ever yeah. wanted in a snack. I just need some um, crap Channel 10 TV shows and I'm set. <laughs> Okay, that was sausages. What do we talk about? I interviewed the sausage king, Paulie V, delved into Bunnings sausage sizzle rules and tried the battered salve for the first time. And I looked into the etymology of the word bangers. I introduced you to the sausage hotel and then prepared some after school Chinese sausage. Mm, so you can vote for whoever's um, facts you found most interesting on our Instagram, which is in Greedopedia. And... Um, Yeah, we'll see you next time.